the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show, heard every Thursday at 5.30 on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to rescuersradioshow.org where you can hear all the shows, and uh, we're up to 154 shows now. Uh, coming up on, we're in our fourth year, and uh, that's a career. It's, it's isn't been it? just great, yeah. <laughs> for most part, broadcasters, <laughs> four years for crying out loud—that's when you retire. <laughs> and my guest today, uh, you may know from his wonderful voice, John Patrick Michael McMahon. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> also going by Pat. So, um, Pat, it's so good to have you on the show. Yeah, me too. And uh, you have been on mine, and we have shared broadcasters uh, together, uh, Arizona broadcasters, and a former position that you had. But this is going to be fun. It will be fun. So, uh, before we get started, uh, you're fast. Excuse me. You did invite me down to talk about the morality of humility, right? Was I not the example? I knew I left something out. <laughs> so, so, uh, and so it begins, folks. Uh, before we uh, go into your fascinating calling uh, and work, uh, give our audience, our worldwide audience, a, a screen of what you, it looked like for you to come into this world. And, and, and how did you get to this point in your life? Well, when I came into this world, I was gifted with a certain sensitivity uh, to uh, how good my mother had been to me, uh, carrying me all that time, taking care of my nutritional needs. And then uh, then I was born, and I looked around the delivery room, and I said, you've got to be kidding, Mom. <laughs> you and my father in show business, you on a South American tour, when you found out you were pregnant with me, wow. and then you decided to have me back home, not just in Kansas, but in Leavenworth, Kansas, <laughs> the prison capital there prison there? <laughs> of the Middle West. <laughs> yes. So that's where it started. I uh, went back on the road when I was five weeks old and uh, never stopped traveling. Uh, theaters and nightclubs and hotel ballrooms. My parents were vaudevillians. Yes. Uh, dance act, variety act, and now for those younger people that are listening to the show, right every now, everyone, of course, 
Vaudevillian, please. Oh, uh, it was a form of live performance. Most of the time, it was in a theater, in uh, theaters across the country. Many times, there was a movie, and then eight acts of vaudeville, uh, jugglers, magicians, wow. dancers, uh, uh, singers, big bands. Uh, I mean, so it was a day full of entertainment, and uh, and sometimes the vaudeville theater, uh, like the Chicago and the State Lake in Chicago, uh, or the Paramount in New York, would have just the live performances and no movie. But it was a uh, was a way of life, mm. and it was certainly a way of life for us. I mentioned to you at one time, Art, <laughs> that uh, traveling to me was a constant. And uh, we were in either show business hotels uh, or finally my father said, I think I'd like to try one of those newfangled houses that you pull on your car called a trailer. And that way then we can have home-cooked meals and and have our home and our things with us. Uh, And uh, so we traveled uh, from coast to coast constantly. And at breakfast... Usually around October, if we were in Boston or Philadelphia or New York or Chicago, uh, my father would look at the two of us because they were just the three people. And he would look at my mom and me and say, where do you want to spend the winter? And then my mom and I would vote (laughs) on Miami or New Orleans uh, or uh, San Diego and it was an idyllic life. It was wonderful. Yeah. So you were born an entertainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Into uh, that yeah. business. Yeah. When people ask me, and particularly students, how did you get here? My answer is quite simple. <laughs> I didn't know how to do anything else. Uh, but it has been such great fun. I got to go to school in the Middle West, homeschooled, and then my parents sent me to a private boys Catholic school. Uh, and a, pra- a private Catholic college in uh, the Middle West. And from then, it was, okay, well, let's see what I can do. Wait a minute. You mean I don't even have to pack and unpack if I'm on the radio? <laughs> yeah. And that's how that started. Wow. And and, sh- and your mother was bright enough to get make sure you were educated, uh, yeah. e- even though homeschool wherever remarkable. you were in the world, probably well, absolutely yeah. remarkable, yeah. considering yeah. the fact that yeah. she would be performing most of the time in the evening, sometimes afternoon matinees, yeah. and in the evening, and she still found time for full curriculum uh, for me, and uh, so successfully that, in spite of the fact that I was not a prodigy, I, when I did go to high school, I was just past twelve. And uh, that was as a result of homeschooling. Yeah, that's great. Love that story. So um, I learned something I did not know, and I don't know everything about you, but you were in the Army. (laughs) Yes, the military found themselves so desperate. (laughs) This was the day of the draft. And uh, so unless you had a disability, uh, you got drafted, and I did. And Art, uh, this is kind of a form of the program that I do, The God Show. Yeah. And I think that God was looking benevolently on me <laughs> or sympathetically. <laughs> and he said, look, I just can't picture you with firearms <laughs> yeah. uh, or hand grenades or anything like that. 
And uh, right now, we're not mad at anybody. So uh, he, he gave me to believe that there were other things that I could do. <laughs> and uh, I found myself in special services, singing and dancing my way <laughs> across the country. Listen, Art, awesome. I could have fallen off my tap shoes at any time and had a serious <laughs> injury. But it was a great way to spend your time. And um, that brought me here. In Phoenix. About the 60s, I think, right? 1960, I instantly discovered the Wallace and Landmo show, kids' show for those people who are outside of Arizona, that was so sophisticated. It was so splendidly written uh, that it was more like Saturday Night Live for kids. And I wound up as the other part of it until my Army Reserve unit got activated. <laughs> And I wound up in the Air Force. Oh, I'm so an I, Air Force guy. Uh, well, I was I was an Air Force guy, and again, <laughs> I was sent to not some really creepy place uh, where there was nothing to do. I was sent to France, <laughs> where there was everything to do, and then I was put in charge of show business at the service club again. Wow. I've been very, very lucky. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, then, then you got into the radio business. Uh, you were on formats. You were on talk formats, music formats. And um, you interviewed some remarkable, remarkable people. Yeah, very please, lucky. Please share a few of the uh, the, the all-stars that you had. Well, a category, uh, let's say, let's start with presidents <laughs> of the United States. Uh, <clears throat> I, I will never forget meeting and briefly interviewing JFK uh, on the tarmac at uh, Sky Harbor Airport here in Phoenix. Uh, and uh, I remember him walking off the plane. And up to that time, Art, up to that time in the early 60s, we had had nothing but geezers in the White House. I mean, you had to be an elderly You mean that's person. changed? And, uh, well, JFK did change that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but he, he got off the plane and I thought, this is a movie star. This is not a politician. This is a gorgeous human being. And uh, let's see how he handles interviews. And I remember uh, one of the reporters said, hello. I'm so-and-so-and-so-and-so from the Arizona Republic, which at that time was kind of like Fox Broadcasting is to print journalism. It was extremely conservative. conservative. And he said, I'm from the Arizona Republic. And Jack Kennedy said, yes, I've heard of you. Next. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I uh, I found him to be just a totally charming person. And you had a, you had other high level got to do personalities. Uh, a stage performance meeting of the minds with Gerald Ford, uh, Fritz Mondale, and Henry Kissinger, and uh, did an hour on the air with uh, campaigning uh, first time politician Barack Obama. <laughs> uh, great guest. Yeah. Yeah, terrific Very guest. Articulate. I remember this was before any kind of baseball loyalty was known because he was just an early campaigner out of Chicago. And I said, you're a Chicago kid, right? And he said, yeah. I said, okay. Baseball team, name yours. 
And in Chicago, mm. it's either the White Sox or the Cubs, but it's almost always the Cubs if Cubs. you're a politician because that's, <laughs> that's the team everybody loves. And he said White Sox. Whoa. What? Yeah. I, well, after that, everybody kind of knew that he was a fan. I said, White Sox. And he said, yeah, absolutely, always have been. I so admired him for saying the team that was not going to bring him that many votes. Uh, you know. Yeah. So uh, you you interviewed Mother Teresa, I oh, believe. Oh, well, in the spiritual yeah. arena. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I do a program called The God Show, uh, which is non-denominational, non-partisan, <laughs> sometimes non-religious. And uh, <clears throat> I had a, <clears throat> a wonderful conversation with Mother Teresa, um, and uh, Art, if I could take just a moment. Sure. To this day, I don't remember who I interviewed last week on The God Show. No reflection on that guest. But you know, you do so many people, and you can't remember exactly who that was on a particular date. I said, Mother Teresa, I'm a Phoenix broadcaster. She was here to establish a tiny convent in a needy part of Phoenix. And I said, tell our audience what you would most like from them. Well, having done so many televangelists, I assumed it would have something to do with a check. (laughs) I I mean, the vast majority of people, sincere as they may be, usually get around to the collection box. Mm -hmm. She said... What do I want from your audience? Tomorrow morning, I want them to go out and find someone who has no one and love them. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I remember every word. And in its simplicity, that's one to carry with you. Yes. So um, I, I, I want to go finally to a greater part of your life. Are we near the end of the show? Uh, We're Twelve minutes away, oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, um, you began the magical adventures with uh, Wallace and Ladmo's oh. live TV show, and and how did that how did that begin? Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Get up, uh, get up, and do a little. Uh, well, I'm ready to put on a costume. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's the theme song. For those who are listening in Manoa, uh, it was, uh, as I said, it was a comedy show for the family. And that's the way it started, written by our music director, Mike Candelo. And uh, it was Monday through Friday, uh, started out as an afternoon show. The sales department found out that there were more kids listening in the morning. And we went there, and but no matter when it was, people found it. It is on now on Channel 7 yes. in Phoenix every Sunday at 4. And Art, it's been off for 32 years, and the only program that has beaten it so far in the ratings is the Super Bowl <laughs> and the NFL playoff football games. Uh, it's astounding. Yeah, it is. And, and I, I believe that uh, in the Guinness Book, uh, it still holds the record for live 
uh, longest live television show with the same for cast. children. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's well, of course in this day and age, it'll never happen again. No, uh, the the wonderful thing about it is, of course, I had a guy like Wallace. Did you bring a lead boat bag here? Uh, oh, how many times did they do? Okay, now we have to explain. Ladmo bag was the ultimate prize that you could get, worth in currency about four dollars and seventy six cents. It was a paper bag, grocery bag, filled with things like Hostess cupcakes, Twinkies. Uh, and animal crackers, all the things your orthodontist <laughs> That's right. hear about. But Ladmo's name was on the outside. And to this day, with the reruns that we have on Sundays, yeah. uh, every every show, someone has his name drawn out of, as of this week, out of 11,000 entries that have been sent in of individual viewers That's awesome. who want to land over. And the Twinkies are still good. <laughs> well, kind of old, but still good. <laughs> well, I hope that's true. Of both <laughs> <Yeah>. of <us. laughs> I know that. So um, just a little reminder, if you're just now tuning in to the Rescuers Radio Show, my guest is Pat McMahon, and we're talking about the uh, Wallace and Ladmo TV show. Which, by the way, it, because this is an international <laughs> broadcast, which one can see at least to figure out what we've been talking about yeah. on YouTube. There yeah. are there are bits and musical uh, uh, entries on YouTube over there. So just look up Wallace and Ladmo, and you'll yes. laugh. So uh, you had a few personalities in that show. You were Gerald, uh, the brat, uh, Captain Super, uh, Aunt the, the Maud. Phony, Captain Super, <laughs> the phony comic book hero, neither heroic nor super. <laughs> he was every braggart that we have ever known in the family or voted for. <laughs> Aunt Maud. And you had Aunt Maud. Uh, Captain Super, the, yeah. the the phony superhero. Oh yeah, Aunt Maud and Hubcap, H U B K A P P, also available on YouTube. <laughs> rock and roll band, rock and roll. Because Wallace came back in the dressing room one day in the mid '60s art and said, "These Beatle guys." are all over the news, <laughs> not just show business. They're everywhere. We've got to have an overnight teenage sensation. And our music director and I said, okay, well, when do you want to do it? He says, tomorrow. I said, it's an overnight teenage <laughs> sensation. But art, we did it. It's a joke. It's a satire <laughs> on rock performers with hair, you know, big <laughs> bouffant. And, and yet we made a record... And it was a satire record, yeah. satirical material. Came number one on the <laughs> charts, and nobody was number one in those days except the Beatles. The Beatles from Capitol Records, Capitol Tower in Los Angeles, the executive floor said, what is a hubcap? What is, wait, what is this in Phoenix? Go over there and find out who beat the Beatles. Yeah. And... Wow. They signed us to a contract. We recorded for the same <laughs> label as the Beatles, Nat Cole, Sinatra, the Beach Boys. Had a fabulous time. Uh, wound up on all kinds of network television shows <laughs> because we were so weird looking more than anything. <laughs> and, uh, and then we decided, you know what's more fun than this? 
the Wallace and Lamb. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I, I remember uh, we're going to. I'm going to ask you a question here about um, awards. You, you've you've been you're in so many Hall of Fames. Uh, you've been uh, you've won Emmys nine, I think. Uh, uh, Rocky like Rocky that. Mountain Emmys. Yeah. Um, and um, and I am going to ask you maybe which one stands out to you the most. Oh, of all of, of the all of those, you, you had you have a half a dozen Hall of Fames. Uh, yeah, and and you know one of the things, and I say this without ever thinking that anyone will ever give me one for humility, uh, <laughs> but but it, when you are in the business yeah. as long as I have been, uh, as many years as you put in doing a whole bunch of things, radio and television and telephones and so on, uh, somebody's going to give you a plaque. Yeah. So I'm just for <laughs> staying alive. Uh, and all of them are extremely uh, appreciated uh, and surprising when your name is called. Yeah. But to name one uh, more than another, I think probably those that come from charitable organizations uh, like Make-A-Wish. You emceed a whole bunch of telethons, organizations and fund- oh, yeah. fundraisers. And, yeah. Isn't yeah. that nice to, yeah. be, to be invited to raise money for a good cause yeah. and stay up all night? Make-A-Wish is, is outstanding. We were uh, here from yeah. the beginning of that. Yeah. Uh, the little boy that wanted to um, be a policeman, state highway patrolman, I think, uh, appeared on the Wallace and Ladmo show. And uh, he said he had been ill most of his life. But he said, a delightful, effervescent kid, and he said he wants to grow up to be a state highway patrolman. And, you know, while in Atlanta, I just wanted him to grow up. Right. And, uh, And then the state highway patrol... Found out about him. I don't know whether it was through the show or his mom or yeah. whatever, but they got him a uniform in his size and a helmet, and uh, that was his wish, oh. and that was the beginning yeah. of Make-A-Wish. And, oh, they do such extraordinary yes. things. And they go to the extreme effort to, to make that come true, however they can do that. Yeah, and, and you know, Art, uh, now that you mention it, there were times when one of the kids locally... There were times when a kid would say, uh, my wish is to be on the Wallace and Ladmo show and get a Ladmo bag. Oh. No. But I'm, and so we took him aside. We took the kid aside and said, listen, we would invite you on the show anyway, right? So you're our guest here. Hold out for Disneyland <laughs> or Paris or something for crying out loud. <laughs> we tried to tell him, go for the big time. I, I I had the great honor of uh, interviewing the founder of Make a Wish oh. here on the Rescuer Show. Um, so we're coming. We have a few minutes left, but uh, gosh, um, you are the only uh, participant, the only recipient ever that will ever exist in Arizona of a Hall of Fame. Uh, plaque or what uh, award from the Arizona Broadcasters Association oh, uh, because uh, you've done it twice 
Well, that was the thing that was different. I mean, yes. there are a number of people in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and we, once again, because we've outlived everybody else. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to be named a member of the Hall of Fame, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, because of Wallace and Ladmo. So the three of us each got one. And then a couple of years later, I got one as Pat. And, uh, I think there was a, short guy uh, <laughs> category that I was in. But when you, you know, when you talk about those kinds of things, it's, you're so lucky to be able in this business. You and I both, yeah. you, I know you know this. We are so fortunate to be able mm. to make a career. Yeah. You know, not just have a job in broadcasting, <laughs> but to make a career, a lifelong career, Doing things that uh, are relatively easy for talkers like us, but for us to be able to sit down and be welcomed in a radio studio to talk to thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people about important issues of the day. And I don't mean to tell people where they should stand but just simply to present information and enhance their lives and to be able to do that on a camera and by simply putting on a goofy costume <laughs> and, and, and then having the privilege, Art, of being able to provide the healthiest thing in the world for people, laughter. Yes. Oh, yes. hey, how lucky we are. <laughs> Come on. How lucky we are. So, um, and at our ages... We don't need to say, but I was carded when I came in. <laughs> not in a not in a wing, wheelbarrow, a, a car. Well, no, and and people say, well, when are you going to retire? So, for crying out loud, when I find something that's more fun than this, Pat McMahon, uh, you are a rescuer with all of the lives that you've impacted and changed oh. uh, for the better in your many years and and many years to come. I'm sure. But uh, uh, God bless you, and uh, thank you for being our guest on Rescuers today. And God has blessed me, including this. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.